0: Today on the Burning Archive, we again take our cue from the game Assassin's Creed and look at the history of that blood brotherhood presented in the fantasy world of so many computer games as the Brotherhood of Thieves. That's right, the Sicilian Mafia. What is the history of the Sicilian Mafia? Is it... An ancient tradition, an honorable tradition, that goes back to forms of social protection in the Middle Ages, of the poor and the unguarded, drawing on caped fighters to protect them from the depredations of violent landlords. or is it somewhat different, is it just another Dirty crime game. What is the true history of the Mafia? That is the question on today's Burning Archive. So, welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Jeff Rich, and you're listening to the Burning Archive podcast, where the past is not dead. The past is not even past, and by thinking about the past, we try to live better in the present. And for new listeners to the show. I think you're in for a bit of a treat. Uh, This episode, which is all about the history of the Mafia, uh, springs from a series of questions I was asked back in November, December last year by Isaac Rich, who sort of defined the agenda for my show, Uh, a listener who sort of gave me uh, a group of questions from both himself and some of his friends. And I've been working my way through each of those topics, all of which relate in some way to gaming. In today's episode, the Mafia kind of springs out of the game, Assassin's Creed. And it was or the sounds of Florence from Assassin's Creed was the music that was introducing us today. So I'm going to talk about the history of the Mafia. And uh, it's a fascinating story, totally fascinating story. And would you believe it, a Burning Archive features in this story. If you like what you're hearing here, do leave us a review and positive rating on iTunes and tell your friends about the Burning Archive podcast Uh, It's taken me a while to get through all the topics Isaac Rich laid out for me, but I'm almost at the end, and this uh, is going to be a bit of a special one. So first of all, let's listen to the question that Isaac and his friend Ella posed to me about the mafia. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Which
1: is another game which I played a lot of. Uh I don't think you played much of. Um, but it's a big, a big franchise, and a lot of the early games were set in different regions of Italy. Um, so I think Florence, Rome, Venice, and then they went on to sort of expand out and, and go to different parts of the world, you know, in terms of the setting of the game. Uh, I have two questions that relate to Assassin's Creed, but the first one is talking about the mafia and I guess what the history of the mafia is so I was talking to Ella and she was saying that she'd read or, or heard somewhere the idea that the mafia is actually something that sprung out of like origins in feudalism as kind of this I guess mercenary organization that's somehow related to you know protection fees and that sort of thing I'm not sure exactly how that all works so that's what I'm getting you to do the research for um, whether or not that is actually the case, whether that is the sort of history and if so, how that's all linked together um, and what sort of dynamics were occurring in that time that have kind of led to the mafia being what it is now. And then also, I guess, extending that to it's something that's not only come out of that historical origin, but it's spread so much. So it's, you know, gone from this, Feudalist origin to an international crime organization. How did the mm. mafia get from this small town thing? You know, I think it originated from Sicily to being in America, uh, which I guess is is somewhat related to migration. And, and um, I think Ellen mentioned sort of World War II, maybe not World War II, but but sort of early 20th century migration to the states. Somehow linked there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's sort of this this sort of quite hectic growth of an organisation um, that I think we think of as quite a modern thing, maybe, but actually has a really, really long, deep-rooted yeah, history.
0: So, some really good questions there. So, there's the question of, well, what what are the origins of the mafia? Where does it spring from? Does it have its, you know, in what way does it have its origins in feudalism or or some sort of uh, medieval protection racket? Also, how does the mafia spread both within its own society, like, say, in Italy, uh, as well as then spreading internationally? And I guess behind all that also is a bit of a question of, well, is is the mafia just a form of social protection that is provided by uh, criminals where the poor... (laughs) Or particular social groups feel that they're not well protected by the state. Is the mafia really such a bad thing? Is it in fact really just like in Assassin's Creed, a a brotherhood of assassins who are really committing crimes for a purpose of good? And I've got to apologise to Isaac and Elliot. It's taken me a little bit longer than usual to get around to uh, responding to this question. I really knew nothing about the history of the Mafia before I started uh, researching and preparing this podcast. So it took me a little uh, while to get to the various materials. I still actually have not watched The Godfather. I had a quick sampling of the film... Uh, the mafia only kills in summer, which looked really good. Uh, but I do find mafia stories a little bit hard to take. But it is, uh, so I, I find watching mafia crime movies, I just don't like like it terribly much. Um, certainly, the film uh, How to Mafia, The Mafia Only Kills in Summer, has a delightful sort of lightness. Touch that also still presents the horrible impacts of the mafia on Palermo and more broadly Sicily and Italian society. But I have got around uh, finally to doing some quality research on it, and in particular, I've drawn on a book by John Dickey called Blood Brotherhoods A History of Italy's Three. Mafias. Uh, John Dickey, despite the name, is apparently an Italian and his uh, research is quite exceptional because, of course, one of the funny things about writing the history of the Mafia is it's a secret society uh, which, for a very, very long time, denied, in fact, being a single organization. And so, how on earth do you find Uh, The true history of something that is shrouded in secrecy and is deliberately uh, covert and um, cloak and dagger, so to speak. So yes, it's taken me a while to get there, but I have got there in the end. And I'm going to try to address all those questions, which in a way also go to, funnily enough, uh, questions. Some of the themes of the Burning Archive podcast over time have been about... ...political disorder and social fragmentation. And both of those big themes play a part in the story of the mafia. And uh, the, the story as is Isaac related was that the mafia had its origins somehow in uh, feudalism. And there's an element of truth to that which we'll get to further down the track, but it's sort of more the feudalism that you might associate with uh, the French Ancien Regime before 1789 in the uh, French Revolution rather than feudalism in 1100 AD. But we'll get back to that in uh, shortly. Um, I don't want to spoil the answer to what exactly is the origins of the Mafia. First of all, though, let's just talk about what exactly is the Mafia. So the Mafia is, I guess, a structurally organised set of criminal gangs who control territories and apply within their society uh, a set of codes. And they largely make their money through uh, protection rackets, essentially, squeezing money out of uh, other criminals, And through the uh, exploitation and control of drugs, prostitution, theft and smuggling and those sorts of things. And in Italy there are three main mafia organisations. There's the Cosa Nostra that's really sort of has its sort of origins and focus in Sicily, the island of Sicily particularly the town of Palermo. There's the Camorra, which is based around the town of Naples, a little bit further up the Italian coast, but still there in southern Italy. And then there's the uh which has its, its uh, focus in Calabria, the sort of region which is the toe of the boot of Italy. Uh, The Andrangheta is a bit of an unfamiliar word in English and so people will often talk about the Calabrian Mafia and it's the Andrangheta apparently which today is the most enduring, successful, powerful of those uh, Mafia organisations. And the Mafia organisations have themselves spread Uh, as in fact unified international organisations to other countries including America and indeed to Australia so there are sort of branch offices so to speak of these mafia organisations in those countries and funnily enough though it's only really since the major trials of the mafia organisations in both Italy and America in the 1990s that People have, you know, clearly and decisively shown that these organisations are, in fact, single entities, organised entities, and not just loosely associated criminal gangs. Uh, And of course, there are also other organised crime networks. All organised crime is not the mafia, but the word the mafia has tended to be transferred to Other similar kinds of organised crime networks. So you have the Russian mafia, which um, sort of spread particularly in the 1990s in Russia. There's the Yakuza, I think in Japan, Chinese triads and so on. And of course, organised crime of some sort or other can be seen to have existed in many cultures and in many periods of history whether they're bandits or pirates or highway robbers or organized groups of criminals is a, a, a ubiquitous phenomenon through history but the mafia I guess have some special characteristics One of those is it's a secret society with its own initiation rites, its own forms of internal justice, its own codes and its sort of manner of dress, sort of internal symbols and rituals of uh, belonging to the organisation. Indeed, the word uh, mafia comes from uh, people believe it comes from a Neapolitan, as in near Naples, uh, sort of Naples, sort of dialect word that means something like beautiful, swag, cool, uh, self confidence, and so it o- almost o- originally described the um, the image that these mafia criminal organisations. Wanted to project. So that's a general lowdown on what the Mafia is. How did the Mafia begin and when did they begin? Particularly thinking here about the Italian Mafia. Well, if you consult fan pages of Assassin's Creed and even Encyclopedia Britannica online, you'll find the view put that the Mafia began or might have begun in some versions of the story. In medieval Sicily, uh, as part of a brotherhood to overthrow the then foreign rulers of Italy, who were variously at different times the Normans, as in like William the Conqueror type Normans who controlled Sicily. The Arabs or Saracens, and particularly in the 16th century, the Spanish monarchy. That's right, that Spanish empire on which the sun never set, that I discussed back in episode 38 and 39 of the Burning Archive podcast. Do check them out. They are great episodes and this this uh this version of the story of the is part of the imagery of the mafia as a blood brotherhood of assassins who despite their dirty methods have a noble cause in this case to liberate italy from foreign rule or to Um, Restore justice to the urban and rural poor who are deprived of a fair living, mutual assistance and social protection by the aristocratic, feudalistic, predatory elites. And indeed some academic studies even present the mafia uh, in a similar way, if you like, as an extension of traditional Sicilian culture. A kind of bravado and a sort of a village community ethic uh, of loyalty to one's own and uh, a secrecy towards the outsider. Indeed even the eminent political sociologist of elites Cheterno Mosca presented such a view and this is also the story presented in some of the mafias own mafia organizations own initiation rites indeed we can in John Dickey's book hear the direct testimony of a a member of the then mafia in Calabria Pasquale Trimboli in 1897 Describing the origins of the secret society. He said the society was born from three knights. One from Spain, one from Palermo and one from Naples. All three of them were Camoristi. The Spanish knight took a Camorra, a bribe, on every hand of cards the other two played. With time he gathered in all their money and the others could not play anymore. So he gave 10 lira back to each one and told them... Here are 10 lira for you, and I've got all the rest in my hand. So that means I'm the strongest. These three Camaristi were a tree. The boss, the Spanish knight, was the trunk of the tree. The Palermo knight, who was the oldest, was the master bone, Mastrosso. And the third knight, the one from Naples, was the bone, Osso. The other members were the branches and the leaves. The honoured youths who aspired to become picciotti were the flowers. And that is in essence the, the direct testimony of a 19th century member of the Mafia about the story of the Mafia. And indeed, one of the earliest crime fighters who investigated the Mafia in the 1860s Also spread the story that the Mafia was a form of resistance to Spanish Bourbon rule in Italy. This was a man called Silvio Spaventa who was appointed to investigate the Mafia or the Camorra Camoristi of Naples in 1861. And he did all sorts of investigations and found all sorts of things, including some of the um, behaviours, I guess, that are known as distinctive with the mafia and were even present then. Knife fights, initiation rituals, rules about wives and sisters, uh, the women of the families and similar kinds of things. But what he couldn't find, despite his hunt through the police records, was any real evidence about where did this sect come from. He said, Neapolitan police took action against the Camaristi on many occasions, yet it is strange but true that they did not leave a single important document that might be useful in deducing the origins of this social plague. A frustrated historian was Silvio Spaventa, And there was a particular reason he couldn't find any documents. It was because four years before his investigation began, the authorities in 1857 yes, they burned the police archives. Hence destroying any available historical records that there might have been. To prove or disprove the historical myth about the origins of the Mafia, that's right, a burning archive is central to the story of the history of the Mafia. Left with no uh, obvious explanation, Silvio Spaventa, who was then in the midst of the Italian Risorgimento, so the the unification of Italy uh, into a A single constitutional form of government, contrary to the sort of no no longer ruled by Spain, developed the theory that the uh, Camorra arrived in Naples at some point during the 16th or 17th century when the Kingdom of Naples was part of the Spanish Empire. And he spread that story on pretty thin evidence, really, one of the pieces of evidence he had was that Camorra uh, was a Spanish word that meant quarrel or fight. And while that is true, it was also a Neapolitan word that meant bribe. The second piece of evidence was that there was a story by none other than Miguel de Cervantes, author of Don Quixote, a story called Ring." Coniette and Cortadillo in 1613 that described a criminal uh, fraternity, brotherhood, uh, that looked a little bit like the mafia and was set in Seville. And the third uh, piece of evidence uh, was the legend that there was a secret criminal society in Spain called the Uh, gaduna uh, that had existed in the 1400s however the skeptical historian found out that this medieval sect there's no reference to this medieval sect before 1845 and its first appearance in italian seems to have sprung from cervante's story and then his final thing, of course, was that Span- the Spanish were notoriously corrupt. So of course, everything that was wrong and criminal in Italian society must be the result of Spain. But nonetheless, this invented theory uh, that the Camorra began in 16th century in the 16th century under Spanish rule as a form of, I guess, resistance to Spanish rule. Uh, spread like wildfire and was promoted through the theatres and the novels and the entertainments of the late 19th century to become a popular folk legend. What John Dickey says is this, this story is in fact a criminal foundation myth that was probably created at the same time as the formation of the Camorra, the Mafia itself. So, what is the true story then of how the Mafia came into being? Well, because of that burnt police archive in Naples in 1857, I guess one can never be absolutely sure that there were were not, uh, you know, criminal. Organized crime networks in Italy before this time. And let's face it, there's always been crime and always be more or less organized. So it's quite likely that there was organized crime. But the first really documented evidence of the mafia, the Camorra, the Cosa Nostra, and the um, is really in 19th century Italy. In the context of uh, what's called the Risorgimento or the reunification of Italy and the establishment of Italy as a kind of constitutional constitutional monarchy, constitutional republic and or early form of democracy, liberal democracy, if you like, with a limited franchise. And also in the changing uh, economic and social conditions of that time, With a vast, the largest city in Italy was Naples, uh, which had this extraordinary concentration of urban poor. And 19th century cities tended to have their prisons pretty close to the center of town and to the poorer districts in the town. So there was a level of communion between prisons and uh, the urban conditions. But it wasn't all about poverty, it was also about new economic opportunities. So in Sicily there were huge growth industries such as lemons which meant that uh, the territories around Palermo which grew all lemons uh, for export all over Europe and perhaps even to places across the world was amongst the richest agricultural land in Europe. And where much wealth is passing through, there's much opportunity for criminal networks to squeeze their share out of it. And then lastly, the third big factor is prisons. And it is really in prisons that... The mafia, the Camorra, the etc., all, all the different groups have their origins, and we, in part, have the we, in part, know of this because of the unique combination of those three factors together. There were a group of uh, liberal uh, patriots, uh, sort of. People who supported Garibaldi and and those sorts of people in 19th century Italy to overthrow what they saw as the sort of feudal, old sort of aristocratic noble rule of Italy and replace it with uh, forms of self-government. Based in like the French Revolutionary and American Revolutionary tradition, who looked to the people to sort of help uh, strengthen their hand, um, but these patriots were actually became political outlaws in the eighteen fifties, eighteen forties, Italy, and so a few of them were sent to prisons. And one particular patriot prisoner who was visited, uh, I think, uh, some of whom were visited by like William Gladstone and uh, you know visiting uh, English politicians. Uh, one of this, one of these patriot prisoners was Sigismondo Castro Mediano, who spent uh, quite a few years, more than 10 years, I think, in uh, one of the more notorious prisons near Naples. Uh, And he uh, was a bit of a broken man after that experience. Uh, And he withdrew to a sort of a country estate. And there he wrote a long account of his experience in the prison. And he, in fact, described the Camorra, of the prison, the mafia, in operation. So Ticchi writes that Castro Mediano's political prisons and jails, uh, which he spent 36 years writing and never quite finished, reads like the work of a man still struggling to come to terms with his past. But it is a vivid first-hand account of where Italy's mafias began. And he he says there that um, the jail that he was kept in, which was a prison on Procida, or Procida, one of the islands in the Bay of Naples, the biggest jail in the southern provinces, the Queen of Jails, the Camorra's Honeypot. The fattest feeding trough for the guard commanders and anyone else who has a hand in supporting the Kimura, the great latrine, whereby force of nature society's most abominable scum percolates. He describes vengeance killing, vendetta killings. He describes simulated forms of uh, justice, passing sentences of a trial and a judge and a witness within the jail. Like a pretend judge and witness, he describes honour codes, which meant that affiliates had to protect their fellows at all costs and share money, disputes being settled by duels, many tensions between the members of the mafia. Castor Mediano said relations between these accursed men, seethed with arguments, hatred and envy, sudden murders and horrible acts of vengeance were perpetrated every day. There was Kimora taxation, Kimora justice, Kimora jurisdiction and badges of office, administration. It was like a kind of shadow state uh, that really funded itself through bribery, taxation and what is known in uh, Italian by well, the Italian phrase, which I will probably uh, not express very well, but facciamo uh, caccialloro di pattucci. We extract gold from fleas. It's a whole economy of squeezing what was possible out of prisoners. And really, what happened with the mafia was that this prison culture of pretty brutal sort of lord of the flies type behavior and creation of a exploitative hierarchy uh, based around violence and subversion of legality this pattern of behavior made its way out of the prisons and latched itself onto the wider Italian society. Uh, prisons today are not particularly nice places. If you can imagine what they were like in the 19th century, it was even uh, rougher. There were fewer means of I guess, control for the authorities to exercise over the uh, people in the prisons. And so forms of control and management of behavior bubbled up from below. And it was really who was the most bloodiest and most ruthless would end up in charge. And of course, the, the, this is also a pattern That, as is common with other kinds of organized crime networks, it's a key uh, pattern apparently with the Russian organized crime networks, many of which were very strong within the prisons, and then these sort of broke out into a wider society in the disorder of the the economic and social political disorder of the 1990s in Russia. And something similar happens in it, in Italy. There are these these traditions within the prisons of organised protection rackets, squeezing gold from fleas, and criminals who are exploiting other criminals to do criminal things and giving their criminal networks a kind of pseudo legality and a pseudo. Um, legitimacy through sort of symbols and rights and honour codes and and that sort of thing. And in Italy, in mid-19th century Italy, there is a similar sort of set of things going on. Uh, there's, there's political crisis and there's social crisis, social change and huge new economic opportunities Uh, Available for the opportunistic and the ruthless. So for example in Palermo. There is this enormous amount of wealth that comes. In the form of the orchards and the lemon uh, groves of Palermo. This enormous export industry. Uh, And the criminal groups from the prisons move in. Work with some business elites and sort of run protection rackets. Threaten to destroy lemon crops, to cut off water to, le- to the lemon orchards, to stop the, the distribution of the, the lemon crops through, through docks. All will be done unless a cut is paid to the uh, mafia. And in Naples, there is uh, this, this, uh, this huge uh, city with mm, a huge concentration of urban poverty and a lot of crime and pickpockets and thievery and prostitution and all of that sort of stuff. And similarly, there is a, the gangs in the prisons move out and start to squeeze the other criminals to give them uh, protection money, so that they don't they don't get sort of handed over to the police. In fact, the police also had this huge problem because how are they going to control this crazy, crazy city? And they, in fact, in Naples turned to the mafia to do some of their dirty work for them. So there was forms of what was described as co-management of crime by the police and the organised crime networks. Not a recipe for good social institutions in the long term. And then similarly in Calabria with the Andrangheta, the Calabrian mafia, there are there is the it, it too has its origins in the prisons and then particularly in the eighteen eighties, Calabria, which is a relatively remote region with fewer transport networks, starts to get better connected to the railways and that sort of thing. And those economic opportunities enable the criminal gangs to get their hooks into social uh, and political opportunities, social and economic opportunities outside the prison uh, with with support from uh, elites. And then in amongst all of that, there's also the disorder of politics. And at different times uh, for one or other political faction, but more Particularly it seems in Naples for the sort of Republican sort of left, uh, so to speak. The, the use of criminals as protection rackets to help fund election campaigns and for uh, enforcing sort of mob rule, so to speak. Was also part of the factor for the mafia criminal gangs gradually getting a hold of elites and collaborating with them. So by 1900 or so, there's already a pretty well established pattern of some of these uh, criminal networks uh, having enough, uh, posing enough threat uh, of retribution or or inducement through bribes or other means to have leading policemen, leading judges, leading politicians complicit in the protection racket being run by the mafia. So by 1900 or so already that process of the export of the prison Camorra to the social Italian mafia has become well established and essentially if you like the mafia then is this sort of parasite on a weak state that's exploiting political disorder economic opportunities weak systems of social protection and the willingness of elites to collaborate with them but also there's something about the way in which the mafia organized itself that also allows it to spread internationally, and is part of its ingredient of success. It is, after all, a blood brotherhood. It uses initiation rights. And these rights bind individuals through blood codes that are certainly enforced by violence, but also have strong symbolic resonance, I guess. There's also a, a code of silence and submission to, crim, to criminal authority, or meta humilita, or humility. There's honour codes, there's codes about women and family members as well. It also emulates some of the uh, patterns of behaviour that the criminal gangs saw amongst the elite Italian patriot prisoners who uh, would belong to Freemason societies. So uh, John Dickey really argues that some of the initiation rites and whatnot that the mafia use were copied or it was a form of cultural imitation, uh, the the spread of a meme, if you like, uh, from Masonic brotherhoods into the mafia brotherhoods. And even in like the late 19th century and early 20th century, the mafia was in fact, uh, very, very uh, self-conscious and focused on its, uh, its sort of uh, fictional media image, its presentation in theaters and novels and plays. In fact one of the uh, stories about the origins of the Mafia seems to have its origins in a play nonetheless which the Mafia actually then picked up and repeated and emulated and then turned into legend. The other thing about The Mafia is it was a single organisation. Each one of these was a single organisation which tried to deny it had this sort of paradox of being both secret and also wanting to display uh, itself in order to intimidate and induce others to cooperate. So some of the dress codes and the flash way of behaving, the Mafiosa style was in order to uh have that special cachet that would make people fearful of the mafia while and and flag that some person belonged to this intimidating group while still enabling the mafia to deny that they were organized in a structured hierarchy and that there was a boss. Who was controlling uh, decisions? Indeed, it's only in the nineteen nineties that the that it becomes really, really clear through direct court testimony that some of these organisations are not just uh, families or loosely associated uh, gangs. It's actually a tightly controlled criminal network with a whole sort of um, structure and organisation and binding codes and rules and and the whole whole box and dice and it's partly because of this strong both social organization and i guess symbolic organization as well you know the blood brotherhood with these very powerful codes which themselves are I mean, they're, they they tap into things that are longer and deeper than the mafia itself. Like, you know, there's, for example, there's, there's long been a uh, tradition of non-state justice, of justice being handed out by, you know, not the authorities, uh, particularly prior to the 19th century when when the state didn't have such a, I guess, level of control over people's behavior if someone really did a bad thing um sometimes justice would be done by village member or or a family member you know that's part of the origin of blood feuds but there was also a strong sense of a thing called frank pledges where um you know you were you were sworn to look after your own so the mafia picks up on those ingrained social customs and habits and gives it strongly organised form. In doing so, it enables these organisations from prison to then spread much more widely, to get into trade networks, to get into, to spread from, you know, the regions of Italy that they were in, which included... Naples which was the biggest city in Italy and Italy was you know an important state in Europe and spread internationally including into America.
1: Now I haven't
0: really gone into the uh, detail of how exactly America how exactly the mafia spread internationally but I think you can see the basic sort of uh, pattern that there's a a kernel of uh, violent criminal behavior Based in the criminal underworld or in prisons, that finds uh, opportunity created either by significant change in the society, or by political disorder, or by you know moral cowardice and and weakness amongst elites to then spread and get its hooks into a broader broader uh, social milieu, and that has happened um, in places in china in hong kong in japan in russia even in australia but perhaps nowhere more so than in italy and certainly john dickey sees there being this long tangled connection between i guess some of italy's weaknesses of political and social institutions and the strengths of the mafia as a organised blood brotherhood with the strong controls of uh, people's behaviour. It poses an interesting question in a way because uh, in a way that mafia is operating as a state within a state. The great uh, German sociologist Max Weber said that this, the state can be characterised as having the sole legitimate use of force. Um, But that's the enigma with the Mafia, because uh, its members and part of the uh, society seem to accept, perhaps grudgingly, that uh, the Mafia has some level of legitimate use of force in order to conduct its operations. Is it a state within a state? And perhaps more challenging still is the mafia, is that whole uh, edifice of criminal behaviour in a way a form of mutual assistance and self-help. The television series The Sopranos uh, features Meadow Soprano, who's the main kind of gangster Tony Soprano's daughter, saying, and I say this from, from... The books, I haven't watched the show, another mafia gangster genre I have not watched. Um, Not genre, program, classic, um, says that uh, the mafia is an informal method of conflict resolution in Mediterranean societies. I think John Dickey, on the whole, discounts those arguments, and I guess in a way that is partly to say that uh, the mafia is no more Italian than than I guess the Russian mafia is Russian. Um, the ma- mafias of any sort represent criminal behaviours that have leaked out and taken over parts of societies in ways that are really not desirable and nor are they particularly, uh, in, I mean, they grow from, but they are not uh, not intrinsic to, not essential to uh, Italian society or Russian society. Um Or Sicilian uh, society. The codes that they have are codes of intimidation. Not codes of support. And the elites who cooperate them are betraying their better selves. And their institutions rather than uh, acting out their true Sicilian nature. As Dickey says, the mafia latches on to the state ...at its weakest points. And that is one of the reasons why prisons, which are always a shambolic part of state organisation... ...that is it's in a way social control at its most elementary and most difficult of, you know, uh, uh, raw power trying to control the conduct of extremely dangerous and violent, largely men why prisons are part of the birthplace of not just the Italian mafia, but some of the mafias uh, we've uh, encountered in other countries such as Russia. And John Dickey really says that um, there are nowadays in Italy grounds for optimism, not that the mafia is going to go away or that crime will be abolished, um, or have zero crime somehow magically, but that the at last the police and the magistracy and magistracy and others in uh, positions of power are doing their job and fighting crime uh, seriously. And the long story of the success over the last thirty years or so of uh, the Italian crime fighters um, has really been quite admirable. And there have been. Magistrates who've been killed and bombed uh, in their efforts to get control of the mafia. One of the anti-mafia prosecutors, the chief of Italy's national anti-mafia prosecutor's office, Pietro Grasso, said in 2011 that it's an ongoing struggle because the techniques used by the mafia are, are I guess, using typical patterns of social decay. Uh, dare I say it, uh, and political disorder. Pietro Grasso said, The Marthia method, which involves promoting illicit privileges and cancelling out competition, has been cloned in some border areas of politics and the economy, where predatory cliques of wheeler dealers have sprung up. We can try to stamp out the mafia and we should continue to do so, but we should realise that both that's an ongoing and difficult task, but it's also a task that's not made any easier by a sort of romanticization of the criminal. Uh, and it's possible uh, that many legends of the mafia that we see on screen and even in computer games like Assassin's Creed, The Godfather, The Sopranos, the endless, endless tedious presentations of the Russian mafia from American cinema over the last 20 years. These are not true representations necessarily of these criminal gangs, the ultimate story of the mafia is both shared with us, insofar as it's an exploitation of common social patterns of behaviour, but it is ultimately a story that has its origins in prisons, not in an honourable brotherhood. I might leave the last word of this episode to John Dickey, who, who comments that Although uh, the Mafia's fortunes has waxed and waned and there was enormous violence in the 1980s and 1990s um, and some significant successes in curbing the Mafia over recent decades, organised crime in Italy and many other countries is still a national emergency and a national shame. But he says there are reasons for optimism. The mafia are much more controlled, they're bugged, they're photographed, they're, they don't have the same, uh, you know, um, confidence in their impunity from the justice system, they are hunted down, they are slowly prosecuted, many have been sent to jail, there have been many, many billions of euros of their stolen wealth confiscated. And there's slow inroads being made into the grey zone of the collaboration between the mafia and uh, institutions, political and social, economic institutions, business as well. He says in his final paragraph, looking back from today over the history of Italy's relationship with the mafias since the Second World War, And indeed, since the very origins of the mafias in the 19th century, the single biggest and most positive change is that the police and magistracy, and I might add in perhaps the bureaucracy, are at long, long last doing their job. Now it is over to the Italian people to do theirs. Okay, that's the end of my podcast on the Mafia. And thank you so much to Isaac and Ella for bringing my attention to this fascinating topic. I hope I've answered your question both why you might have thought that there was a connection there with feudalism and and there was, I guess, a connection with feudalism because, you know, part of the reaction of the Italian Resorgimento politics is a reaction to what they saw as war-born Spanish feudalism. But ultimately the story is a story of the emergence of some of the nastiest of human behaviours from prisons spreading out uh, like parasites into weakened social, political and economic institutions and then taking a hold in ways that no one ever really wants and no one should ever really forgive. Next week on The Burning Archive, or maybe next fortnight, in my next episode on The Burning Archive, I'm going to be answering Isaac's final question, emerging from games, and that is about cradles of civilization. Until then, everyone, please take care keep away from the mafia Uh, and do remember what thou lovest well will not be reft from thee bye now